everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad, and we are going to be discussing Dr. Stone. What is it? Stone Wars? It is, isn't it? Yeah, or Dr. Stone Season 2, season whatever you two. want to call it, but official name is Dr. Stone Stone Wars. Yeah, but before we get into that, Brad, I've heard you've not been feeling very well. What's up with that? Uh, it has been it has been a weird time. I think I got a bad bout of food poisoning. So that's been that's been fun. Also dealt with a migraine yesterday, so I had to cancel stream. <laughs> but otherwise I've been I've been good. Mm-hmm. The GTA RP server has kicked off in full now, so I've been dealing with that. The bugs have been a little bit game breaking at times, but it has led to some of the most absolute hilarious RP that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been wonderful. This has been some of the best times that I've ever had streaming. So I've had I have no complaints. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm glad you're having a good time streaming. Um, what happened to me? Oh, I had an MRI this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard you got to stay in the Superman pose, and I know how long those things take, so you mm-hmm. were basically Superman for about an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, it wasn't quite so long for me. Well, I suppose it probably was, because I had to do, like, a couple different things, but, like, the actual MRI was probably only about a half hour, because, of course, they were only doing my wrist. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, like the dye injection and the examination and all that kind of stuff, it was all done in a Superman pose. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but there were breaks where I was like, I got to ride in a wheelchair, which is always fun. Ooh, that is real fun. Yeah, after they put the dye in, because they didn't know if I was going to have an allergic reaction. The chances of that is incredibly small, but they want to just make sure. And also mm-hmm. some people like are fainty when it comes to needles and stuff. Uh, me? Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was it was fine. Uh, it was a lot of waiting in separate waiting rooms. You know, one stage, then you wait for a long time, and then another stage, and then you wait for a long time. Which wasn't, I mean, great for my anxiety. <laughs> oh, no, I, I understand completely. Mm-hmm. Put lots of grounding techniques to the test. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was... Overall, I'd say the experience was a rather positive one. The technicians were absolutely lovely. The nurses mm-hmm. were kind of... In their own bubble, I guess. I don't know. There was like a moment where I spent like a half hour in the hallway in a wheelchair, just sitting there waiting for the person in front of me to finish their MRI so that I could go in. And Mm -hmm. the nurses were just sitting at their desk. I'm assuming they were working, but they were just, uh, it sounded like they were just having wedding talk with a girl who had just come back from her honeymoon and um, with a nurse who had just come back. And I don't know. I just felt like it, it was kind of, I was very bored and nervous for the half hour that I was just sitting in a hallway with like five nurses right there. And I don't know, I was too awkward to be like, hey, can someone come talk to me to try and keep me grounded? Because I'm panicking right now. But <laughs> should have should have asked for a book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I I don't know. When I get in those moods, I'm like, I can't ask for anything. So I know. I, I understand. I was really thirsty and I was right under a vent. So I was cold and really bored and my computer just went oh virus and threat protection thanks windows Uh, (laughs) thank you windows your threat protection means nothing to me right yeah um (laughs) but yeah i don't know it's just sitting sitting in the hallway in a wheelchair and they were just talking right there and i was feeling really awkward but the technician who had um he was the one who was like taking the pictures of my wrist after they'd done the injection or like during the injection as opposed to, like, he didn't have anything to do with the MRI. Mm-hmm. He had come by a couple of times to deliver some stuff. And he chatted to me while we were in the hallway, which was nice. But, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I just, it, overall, it was a positive experience. That part of it was really quite scary. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the next day, I, I, my anxiety hit me pretty hard because my form of anxiety is that, like, my panic attacks come later. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes they're, like, a week, a month, six months later than the actual event, depending on how intense the event is. But in this case, it just came the day after. And so, yeah, Wednesday was... A lot. Was it mm. Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Then I had the dentist. Dentists are amazing. <laughs> dentists are the worst, but they're also amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have mad respect for dentists because I feel like a lot of people are more scared of dentists than they are of like any other medical profession. Me. Mm-hmm. I've never been to the dentist and been given good news. Like I've always been yelled at of like, you don't floss enough or, oh my God, I don't even want to talk about how bad it was whenever I had braces. Oh my and God, I get yeah. it. You only have one set of teeth. So I get it. You got to take care of them. But oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I had to go to the dentist. Luckily, it was only a cleaning. And I went in there knowing that because I'd had my x-rays last time. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I know that that they're, that at least I don't have to worry about any of that. Um, and I didn't have any like fluoride treatment or anything because my insurance only covers it once a year. So mm-hmm. um, I had that last time as well. I just got that all out of the way in the one session. So it was literally just a cleaning this time, which, uh, yeah, it wasn't so bad, but it is, I had a new, so the dental hygienist is a cleaning. I had a new dentist come around to do like the inspection where they just like pop in for like three seconds and just look at all your teeth and then update your chart and then move on to the next person. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if my chart was like really behind because I don't go to dentists very often or if it just like because I'm in a small town and I have a small town dentist if it just wasn't as thorough and then this new dentist who had just moved to town was just being a lot more thorough and like updating my chart a lot because he was using all of these terms he was looking at every single one of my teeth and every single pretty much every single tooth he would be like and this one uh, and like tooth I don't know b3 has a knuckle and this one you know and he would like list a thing on like pretty much every single one of my teeth and I'm lying there thinking oh shit (laughs) I got I got something wrong with every tooth and then he wraps up and he just goes okay it looks great you've got really healthy teeth and then I was like but wait what (laughs) what was all of that about so I'm assuming it's just like I don't know, the way my teeth are shaped or like the position they are in my mouth. Because obviously I'm supposed to be wearing a retainer, but I never do. So my teeth have shifted mm-hmm. and my retainer doesn't even fit anymore uh, because I it's like molded to my mouth from when I was like 15. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm assuming it's just like the position of my teeth or the, the way my teeth are shaped or something like that because he was pleased. But um, yeah, I don't know. But I watched like a food cooking show throughout the whole time when I was getting my teeth cleaned. And oh my god, was I hungry afterwards. So it wasn't Food Wars. No, it wasn't Food Wars. It was, although it could have been from how hungry it made me. It was like, you gotta eat here. I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a Canadian show because they were in Victoria. It's just like this one dude goes around and goes to like all of these small hole in the wall food type food places and Mm -hmm. just eats the things in their menu and then goes back into their kitchen and they show him how to like make a couple of the things and he just tells you about the food and then says it's really good you should eat here and that's the whole premise of the show uh (laughs) yeah it's not like he's a chef or anything it's just him showing canadians cool places to eat i am both intrigued and also huh 
I know, right? Yeah. It's, it seems like it would be a really boring show, but it was actually really interesting because, of course, all the places that he goes to are like family run or, you know, community staples or, you know, those real individual homey places. That's where he goes to. Mm. And, and so it's like a part of it is like you're just watching locals eat good food and that's really appealing. Mm. But then you look at it compared to, like, Gordon Ramsay, and you're like, well, where's the drama? <laughs> we watch cooking for the drama. For the drama. I want to know who's an idiot sandwich. Where is Gordon yelling at all the people? I need the fun. <laughs> exactly. Although, if I were in those people's shoes, I would be shitting myself. Oh, my God. Yeah. But also, meeting Gordon Ramsay? No, that's a goal. Yeah, yeah. He seems like such a nice guy. When he's not yelling at you, obviously. <laughs> like, my face just immediately stared into my microphone for a second. Like, what, what did she just say? <laughs> no, but he is, though. He, like, I mean... No, he he does seem like he's a really, like, brilliant individual mm-hmm. and just so cool to talk to. Yeah. As long as you're not, you know, cooking for him. But then again, I think he would be fine if you were cooking for him, but not trying to serve it to a customer. I think that's the thing that makes him so passionate is yeah yeah when when he knows that this food is going to be going to somebody else and you could possibly make them sick or just mm-hmm. not give them the service that they paid for because of course he is dealing with high end gourmet food you know a lot of the time mm-hmm. so you're paying way too much money uh-huh <laughs> so if you're getting crap food when you're forking over an entire paycheck for a meal mm-hmm. i don't know No, I feel you. Mm -hmm. I feel you. But yeah, he'd be so cool to meet. And even, yeah, just cook for him just to see what he thinks about, you know, my cooking. Yeah, just like normal people's food. (laughs) Normal people's food. (laughs) You want to try my Cajun chicken, Alfredo? I'll give you some beans on toast. I've never had beans on toast. What? No. Do not tell our Welsh friend that. That is the national dish of Wales. Our Welsh friend also listens to every last one of these. Yep. In fact, they're probably the first person that listens to these out of anyone. Yep. And uh, they're going to be absolutely horrified at hearing you say that. Uh, Sorry, mate. Love you. <laughs> so what you need to go and do is you need to go and get some cheapo white bread, uh-huh. some butter, and uh-huh. some Heinz beans, specifically British style. I don't know where to acquire those. Maybe they're Walmart. on Amazon. Walmart sells them. So do they sells sell them. British style? Like, does British it have? Style. Yeah. Does it have the flag on them and everything? It just <laughs> clearly boasts British style. So, the, okay, the conversation over these beans. When we first emigrated to Canada, one of our biggest uh-huh. annoyances was baked beans. Like, they're such a British staple in breakfast, in lunches, when you're ill. You just have, like, baked beans all the time. <laughs> I don't know why. They're just, like, a staple of our diet. And uh, we come to Canada, and the beans that they have, even the Heinz ordinary baked beans, are different. They have, like, beef flavouring in them over here. Mm-hmm. Or, like, bacon bits in the beans. Um, some There's even a maple flavour, because <laughs> they're Canadian. Um, but they... they weren't just like beans and tomato sauce, which is just what we're used to, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we didn't like any of the other flavors. They weren't what we were used to. They weren't, you know, our beans. And mm-hmm. then after about four years, I think, of living in Canada, 
we all of a sudden saw a tin of beans on the side with a teal wrapper. And uh-huh. up until this point, all of the wrappers had been like red, you know? And mm-hmm. we had a look at them and it said British style on the front in the teal wrapper, which is like the archetypal traditional British bean tin. And we were like, we got to try them. We got to see if they're legit. So we bought them, took them home, ate them, and they were exactly the same recipe. So we were like, brilliant, perfect. We've now found our beans. So we're going to buy the crap out of these. We went back to the store and there were no more. We waited for six months and then all of a sudden they show up again and there's six of them in a teeny tiny little section on a shelf. We buy all of them. <laughs> we're like, we don't know what we're going to see them again. Buy them. So we buy all of them. And then for another like four months, there's no more beans. And then all of a sudden they're back again, but their section has doubled and there's like 12 of them. So we buy like six of them again because we're like, well, we want to leave some for the other Brits in town and they start coming back and they're regularly stocked and we're like oh my god this is amazing and then before we know it they've taken up like a whole unit shelf in our local grocery store Mm -hmm. so the whole village was just like yes British beans thank you so y'all just snowball affected the entire town yeah just because you had to have your damn beans on toast yep and well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the credit from our family, but I will also say that for some reason our village is like a magnet to British people. Uh huh. <laughs> like I went, I, there's one high school in my town, right? Mm-hmm. In my year at school, there was one, two, three, four, five, five British students mm-hmm. and two South African. Interesting. We like quite the colonial. <laughs> Habit, like a habitat. I don't know. We all like just popped there. Uh, don't know why. So that's, and then there's a British person that's just up the way. There's one that lives in our crescent. There's a lot of us British people in town. I don't know why mm-hmm. we all just detracted here. Um, so I will say that, yes, okay, we took credit for like starting that off, but I don't think that we did. I think people, the rest of the Brits in town saw the British beans and were like, yes, okay, cool. We want them. And then of course more people... Canadians decided to give them a go and, and liked them as well. But yeah, now we've started seeing them in like the city and around the place as well. And then eventually mm-hmm. the package changed and all of the Heinz beans went into that teal packet. Mm-hmm. And then it became harder to find the British style because they were all in the teal packaging. But um, yeah, now now obviously they're a regular staple in the grocery store and we buy them in our weekly shop. But yeah, you need to find those British beans. They should be available in America because they are available all across Canada and normally if things are available in Canada they're available in America too. So I did a quick Google and I can get a six pack of beans. I don't know why that humors me so much to say that but I just had a giant grin break out on my face anyway. (laughs) I can get a six pack of beans for $15. There you go. And have them probably Amazon Prime shipped to my house. Yes do that. Get some cheaper white bread some butter, slather that on the toast, and then heat up the beans and just shove them on the bread. And I'm I'm not kidding, that's it. That's beans on toast. It's it's white bread, butter, beans. Excuse me? That's it. That's beans on toast. So you're telling me our Welsh friend is going to lose his shit over me not taking time out of my day to put bread in a toaster, heat up a can of beans, and then just slap those bitches together and eat it. Yes. That is, yeah. 
And yet people want to give America shit for the stuff that we come up with. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to, I'm Googling this. When was beans on toast invented? (laughs) I've never been so humored by a topic in my life. When was beans on toast invented? It actually comes up on Google search. Okay. 1927. So in the post 80 world, it took 1927 years for someone to go, hmm, beans, hmm, bread, toast, bread, beans on toast. What does this say? Um, (laughs) Listen to this, this headline. This is from The Independent. Americans have just discovered beans on toast, and they're really, really not impressed. Well, what a more fitting headline for this conversation we're having. That's the headline. Oh my god, that's so funny. You know, I I wonder what my grandmother would say if I went to the store and just bought that, brought it home, and then just started chucking that shit on the stove and started making it. I wonder if she thought I'd lost my damn mind. Uh... (laughs) I guess it's the equivalent to you of like chicken nuggets and chips of fries, you know, like when you come home after a long day and you want to just like whack something out and have something easy to eat. That's it. My brain is melting. (laughs) (laughs) But you can have it for breakfast, lunch or dinner. Yeah. And guess what? I can also have eggs, biscuits and gravy and bacon for breakfast, lunch or dinner. I suppose. Have you ever had black pudding? (laughs) I have not. But I'm also not a pudding kind of person either. It's not like your kind of pudding. I realize that. <laughs> but anything that has the word pudding in it, I'm like immediately turned off to. Uh, British people call all desserts pudding. Cake? Pudding. It just means the meal, the sweet meal after dinner. It's just pudding. It's like when you're watching Harry Potter and Luna, Luna goes, I wonder if there's pudding. She just means I wonder if there's dessert. Okay, now my brain is melting more, but for other reasons. <laughs> Yeah, pudding just means just means dessert. So while we're on the topic, Luna is such an underrated character in the Harry Potter world. I agree and disagree. She's underrated in mainstream. In the Harry Potter fandom, she's very much loved. Well, I mean, of course she's going to be loved. She was not around nearly enough, and that upsets me. No, she was only introduced in, what, the Goblet of Fire? No, I think it was Order of the Phoenix. Order of the, Fe- Order of the Phoenix, yeah. Like, she was brought in and five, six, and just a tiny bit of seven, yeah. and that upsets me a lot. Because she can see the, what are they? I want to say the Nargles. No, not the Nargles, the, the big horses where Harry Oh, the Therestals. Th- yes. Th- threstrals? Th- threstrals? I don't know. My brain is fried. <laughs> So we've talked about dessert two weeks in a row. We have. (laughs) I guess we're just hungry every time we sit down to record this. Yep. Yep, that makes sense. Although then again, Stomach Chan hasn't made an appearance in a while, so I guess we haven't been too hungry. Stomach Chan made a huge appearance earlier today. Oh. Yeah, I was sitting down uh, trying to think of something that we could do for dinner. And I turned to my mom and I was like, vegetable pot pie? And she goes, hmm, maybe. And my stomach just goes, and my mom goes, vegetable pot pie it is. And I'm just like, okay, cool. That's splendid. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's what we had for dinner. I had tacos. Nice. Probably not the best on an upset stomach, but you know what? Who cares at this point? Soft or hard shell? Soft corn tortillas. Ooh. 
Yeah, the Honduran place next door to work sells tacos. So uh, I'd like to go down there and get their food because it is fantastic. And also, I'd legitimately have a line item for them in our budget. (laughs) That's how much I go down there and eat. They have a specific line in my monthly budget of how much I can go over there and spend. (laughs) That's great. It's a problem. (laughs) But yeah, shall shall we get into some news? Yeah, let's get into news. So... We talked last week about how a lot of shit was coming to an end. Well, we were trolled. Oh. So, Attack on Titan Season 4 Part 2 is officially going to be airing in winter of 2022. Ah. So, starting in January, Attack on Titan is going to continue again. (laughs) I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Biggest April Fool's. Right. Um, I can't remember the name of the company, but in France, there was an April Fool's joke that came out where um, a company sent a fake bill to like 5,000 or something of their customers um, that basically said that they'd order like th- ordered like 37 pizzas and the total was like 500 and something euros. And then they would get like, I don't know, like uh, 50 sachets of hot sauce or something as a loyalty reward for it. <laughs> And so then they they were like Pikachu surprise face when all of their customers are angry at them on social media for scaring the crap out of them for having this super expensive bill for these pizzas they never ordered. (laughs) It's like, how would you think that's a good good surprise? A good April Fool's? So the town over, they have a beard company that's actually... Like, relatively massive for the beard products and stuff that they make. Well, they sent out a tweet or a post on Facebook or something on March 31st saying, Tomorrow, for one day only, our entire store is going to be 92% off. And we get it. Tomorrow's April Fool's. But this is not a joke. Everything is going to be 92% off. So yesterday I get on their website to check because I was like, uh, everything 92% off. I might actually try beard oil for once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their basic monthly package was $600. <laughs> so they bumped their prices at the margin it would take to where the 92% off would knock it down <laughs> to what its normal price was. <laughs> I have never been both so disappointed and humored in my life. Oh, that's stupid. It's wonderful, but also so dumb. (laughs) That's some kind of shit I would do. Like, if I ever had a merch store or something like that, I would do something along those lines. Yeah. Anything that was, like, around $70, you'd just make $69 for the lols. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, our biggest lull for episode 69 is coming up here in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, episode 69 of the podcast is coming up soon, and we have chosen a very interesting anime to cover during that time. What do you mean? I can't think of anything more fitting it's perfect. for that episode. You know what? Let us know your guesses for what it is that we're going to be covering for episode 69. First person to guess it on Instagram gets a shout out of some shape, form, or fashion. I don't know. Yeah. Just make it a game. Mm-hmm. Like, whoever guesses it, it just gets a shout-out. Why not? Yeah, we'll give you a shout-out here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the Attack on Titan thing, I'm intrigued by the dis- by that decision to postpone a full year for Core. Because typically, 
you get like what six months between cores mm-hmm, yeah it's normally the next big season but they postponed it out a year even though we weren't expecting it because season four was billed as a 17 episode end to the show but we only got 16 episodes mm-hmm. and so winter 2022 was given as the date for episode 17 but we don't know how much more there's gonna be <laughs> if it's just episode 17 imagine how people <laughs> will react well if it is only episode 17 they're legitimately gonna have to make it like an hour to an hour and a half long like make it a feature length film yeah but I guess it just depends on what they want to do, because if they were to do that, that explains why they're putting it off a year, Mm -hmm. because MAPPA probably needs that amount of time. However, all of the action is taking place back on the original island now, so they don't have to go through and, like, reanimate scenes and stuff like that. They have all that extra area to go off of. Mm Mm-hmm. So it would make sense know. if the last one, if they're going to extend it or whatever, especially considering the success of Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do make it a full feature length film, they're they're on a good wave right now. Well, apparently, they have Attack on Titan has officially outsold Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood for total sales. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either just because of the hype around it, but I think that's just kind of it only because it's the final season. The hype has pushed it to the point to where it's at. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And everyone is on a huge anime kick right now. Mm-hmm. Anime has become popular. Yeah, it's really mainstream. And people that are not within like the anime age bracket as such that has mm-hmm. kind of been stereotypically set from the image that anime had like 10 years ago, uh, people mm-hmm. are now like, watching anime my mom watches anime you know so it's it's especially with it being on like netflix and hulu and and disney plus all this kind of stuff i feel like it's opening to a whole new market here in in the western world so what kind of anime does mom like to watch mom loves adorable films so chibli is just 100 percent up her alley yeah she watched them before like when they first came out because, like, my, my mom's always been really, really close with her sister-in-law, my Auntie Fumi. Mm-hmm. And um, so my Auntie Fumi, obviously, is Japanese. Mm-hmm. Brought a lot of Japanese culture and stuff with her. Because my Auntie Fumi was actually a student in my grandma's house. My grandma used to rent out some bedrooms to the university students. Mm-hmm. And my aunt was an exchange student for a year and stayed at my grandma's house with where my uncle was still living at home while he was also in university. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how they met. So when she was staying there for a year, she was obviously very much still immersed in the Japanese culture. And that's when my mom first got to know her and was like introduced to a lot of stuff. And then mm-hmm. when she came over to live permanently and married my uncle, um, my mom and her got really, really close. And it like opened up a whole new world to my mom. You know, my mom learned how to use chopsticks and and opened up a whole new level of food my aunt helped my mom with like i don't know ancient japanese recipes when my mom had morning morning sickness with my brother Uh, Mm. my mom's like the only thing that ever helped me with morning sickness was your auntie fumi's special tea and i was like okay cool (laughs) (laughs) good to know um and uh and all that kind of stuff so my mom was like my mom's been involved in japanese culture for quite a while because of that but Mm. since we emigrated obviously she hasn't had that direct influence 
yeah, it kind of has been in more recently as she's been getting back into it. So she's been watching the old things that she used to watch. She's always been a huge fan of, of original Japanese horrors because she watches mm-hmm. the remakes and like Swedish horrors as well. But she watches the, the English versions and then she's like, this is crap. And then goes and watches the original. <laughs> um, and yeah, she's been watching anime as well too. She was very interested in laid back camp. I actually had to give my mum my Crunchyroll login so she could watch it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and because she always asked me what we're what we're covering here on the podcast, mm-hmm. and she was interested in Doctor Stone as well. I was talking to her about that earlier. It's funny because just how I've immediately labeled Doctor Stone as your anime, yeah. So totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. What else is she like? My mom's not so big into the sports animes like I am, and she's not so big into the huge like Gundam fighting shit that my brother is. Mm-hmm. She really likes her slice of life. She likes things based off of old fairy tales. Um, she likes the lore. So Fruits and... Basket would be right up her alley. Yeah, I think she wouldn't mind Fruits Basket. She doesn't like, I don't know if she would like the idea of children in pain, though. Um, my mm. mom's a bit squishy. <laughs> oh. So, no, you're lying April Definitely no, then. you're lying April. Well, I mean, she would like it because she would appreciate the art from it, but she would cry. Mm-hmm. Don't. Aren't we all? I've already begun my Your Light April rewatch for the year. Aww. And I'm I'm ready for the pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else would mom like? She would probably like The Ancient Magus Bride mm-hmm. and Bed and Breakfast for Spirits. I can never remember the beginning of that one. It's like something, something, Bed and Breakfast for Spirits. Mm-hmm. You should totally, the week that we rewatched Chihaya Faru, you should get her to watch that with you. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see if she wants to watch. Because that would be, I feel like that would be a good one to watch. That's wholesome mm-hmm. and nice and cool. My mom always gets, we play cards with my family quite a lot. And my dad always teases my mom about her cheating. Because my uh-huh. my great grandma, she used to cheat at cards. But like, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that humors me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get really good at cheating at cards somehow this weekend. Oh, yeah? Because for the RP server, I have to gamble all of my dirty money away so I can have actual money. Mm-hmm. And your boy is good at poker. Your boy is not good at blackjack. My luck with blackjack is shit. And that's the only way I can gamble away all of the dirty money. Yeah, see, I've been playing blackjack since I could walk. You know, it's one of the first card games I've ever taught because it's really good at teaching kids how to count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I I'm. I've never actually played poker in practice, but I've seen a lot of poker games, so I kind of know how it mm. works. But I have never actually played in practice. See, I've played a lot of both, and I understand blackjack, and I understand the premise of it. It's just my luck with it is terrible. Mm-hmm. Whereas poker, since it's all one hundred percent about bluffing, your boy's got just resting bitch face. <laughs> so my bluffs are on point. Have you ever? Do you know what um, gin rummy is? I know of it. I've just never played yeah, it. Yeah, that's a standard game that we tend to play in my house. Either gin or gin rummy. Game nights at your house sound like a blast. It's really fun. We do have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for the next piece of news? Yes, I'd love to hear the next piece of news. I am also ready to hear the next piece of news because Sword Art Online Progressive, the film, has been set to premiere in Japan in autumn of this year. Ooh. I'm so excited. I know you and I have talked before about how excited I am about SAO Progressive finally getting an anime adaptation. Mm-hmm. Because SAO Progressive is what SAO should have been all along. Mm-hmm. It is... 
just a story a Vinecrad told from floor to floor. There's no jumping around. And you get to see how the individual relationships between Kirito and Asuna, who are two solo players, how they end up coming together to fight on the front lines. Mm-hmm. And it's it's lovely. I love it. It's so much fun. And I'm so happy to see that it's getting an anime adaptation, but also it's keeping the animation style of Alicization onward. And that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Because Alicization is where SAO for me just truly took off. Yeah. Because we've talked at length about our feelings on SAO and the first arc and then everything else. Yeah, we have. If it's if it's good, you have to let me know and then I'll let the twins know because they were so upset with Sword Art when um, it started to, to sway drastically. Tell the twins to watch SAO3 on. Okay. Because Alicization is, they basically reboot the series. Mm-hmm. And the animation budget increase is phenomenal. The storytelling got its own reboot mm-hmm. of, like, proper storytelling. I laughed. I cried. It was a great time. I really want to rewatch it. Yeah. So I need to figure out how to make the SAO timeline work for the podcast to where we don't have to watch any of the cringy, stupid bullshit. <laughs> Just so I can schedule it. Because I think you would also love alicization and whatnot just because of the fantasy elements and just how pretty it is Mm -hmm. it's so good man yeah so i'll make it work somehow or another (laughs) and then finally last piece of news there's been a new my hero film announced Ooh! so my hero academia world heroes mission has been announced and there's been a preview trailer revealed we have no official release date yet. However, that doesn't matter. I'm just excited. Yeah. Do you feel like My Hero has a lot more films than most anime, or is that just me tripping? Uh, I think that's you tripping. Okay. Because if you look at, say, Dragon Ball, for instance, uh, and as long as it's been going, it has a metric shit ton of films. Okay, Whereas My point. Hero, not so much. Yeah, fair point. Because My Hero gets a film like once every couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Dragon Ball, anytime Toei Animation starts hoarding for money, they're like, all right, make another one. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited because I'd like to see where this one is going. So as of now, the first episode of My Hero for season five has dropped and I have watched it and I'm enjoying myself. Mm. The OP actually leaves a lot to be desired in the imagery mm-hmm. that it's showing. So I'm excited to see what all this season has to offer mm-hmm. versus, you know, where everything is kind of headed. Mm. Speaking of OPs showing things that are there to offer, but not, like, giving it all to us, Dr. Stone this week, man. Yeah. Because, I mean, with Dr. Stone, we discussed all the backstory because nothing has changed between... The last one, season the, of this season. Yeah, the last one of this one. Same studio, same everything. The season actually just wrapped up, so it aired from January of this year to the end of March of this year for a total of 11 episodes, mm-hmm. which was odd. Yeah. That's an odd decision, and we'll kind of get into why as we talk about the episode, but it was it was an interesting watch this week. It was, yeah. I feel like, obviously, it opens up a lot more questions, and I also feel like it strays slightly from the first season's kind of rules that were set, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still its same lovable self. Absolutely. The the humor that was in the first season is absolutely still throughout the second season. I don't feel like any characters changed significantly personality-wise to the point where it is 
uncharacteristic. I feel like they remained consistent. We had a lot of growth out of some characters, more than what we would typically expect. And also the new cast that was revealed were pretty cool as well. Yeah, yeah, we definitely got to see some more of some characters that we didn't get enough of. And some more of some characters that we fell in love with that weren't featured much in the first season. And then mm. some very interesting new characters. And some of which I am intrigued to find out where they stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, a big twist at the end. Major big twist at the end. Actually, multiple big twists mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. The last... The end of episode 10 and then all through episode 11, I was like, what in the fuck is going on here? Yeah, and there's one big rule that is changed in episode 11 mm-hmm. in the like structure of the way that the show is. And it's very, it's going to be interesting to see how they make that work. Obviously, it's it kind of left on a bit of a cliffhanger to leave you off for the next season, um, which is exciting but frustrating, as all cliffhangers are. Mm-hmm. Uh, But yeah, I definitely feel like if you liked the first season, you would also like the second season. So give it a watch. Yeah, 100%. So be sure to, if you haven't watched it already, go watch it because spoiler chicken hats are on. Yes. Okay, first big thing that I want to talk about. So Mm -hmm. Dr. Stone is heavily based in science, right? But the medical science in this show just went out the fucking window. Uh, Yes, but also Senku kind of made it. Uh, point of I'm not a doctor I just like science yeah but the specifically Sukasa's abilities with a punctured lung yeah that's not no but I also don't hate it because the chemistry the physics and have always been consistent but the biology has never really because there is that supernatural element of the show about the fact that they were all petrified in the first place for 3,000 years and then were broken from their shells via nitric acid, you know? Mm, well, not only that, but Tsukasa is also technically superhuman. Yeah. So I am willing to give that a pass because I feel like if that happened to any other character, they would have killed him off. But because it's Tsukasa and, he, and he's who he is, mm-hmm. of course they're not just going to kill him off. No. But I, yeah, I will say that they very clearly broke the science rules this season. Although it was kind of already broken in the first season just because that's the premise of the show is science that we don't yet have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this season absolutely destroyed the rule of consistent science. Mm-hmm. Um, Although they, like, they steamlined a lot of shit in this one too. Mm-hmm. Which was also great, but also disappointing. Yeah, so how do we start off? The completion of the cell phone and the mission to try to drop it off for Taiju and Yuzuriha. Yeah, yeah, and they're also they also create sound bombs and uh we learn more about Homaru's past as a gymnast. Mainly just because that just scene of trying to hop through the forest with Kohaku. Yes. Yeah. Also the flares, man, just to try to knock her out of the tree. <laughs> yeah. And then Senku tackling her ass. That had me die. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, wait. And then just yeets his ass off yeah. of her. <laughs> yeah, I do really appreciate how consistent they are with the fact that Senku has, is not, he does not do physical activity. No, none at all. That's what he has other people for. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and then we have Chrome and the Fire to get Gen and Magma out of the 
circle because that's where we we're starting to meet some of the other characters then who mm. um who is your favorite of all of the new characters that were introduced this season it's gotta be ukyo yeah i agree just because there's so many questions there but he's a dude with supernatural hearing yeah he's the one that i'm it's curious about like that i want to know more about because he mm-hmm. has neither aligned to the villainous side nor senku he kind of is his own man and i feel like that's going to remain consistent even though right now his morals and way of working is currently aligned aligned with senku and of course because of the big twist at the end he there isn't really an established villain at the moment who is free to do as they please mm-hmm. although i'm curious to see what the new location for future settings are going to be although i have a theory a game theory yes <laughs> or a film theory an because anime it's anime theory. thanks for listening anyway <laughs> But yeah, I'll talk about it at the end because it just hit me because I was like, I wonder where everything is going to go. And then my brain just had a giant light bulb or in Dr. Stone's case, a flare just go off. I'm just like, ooh. I'm very excited about the hint of possible pirating, even though there is nothing to pirate. But still, the idea of going on, on an adventure in a big boat excites me because if you don't know, I have a thing about swashbuckling pirates. I think it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> So, have you ever played Assassin's Creed Black Flag? I have not. That's all about pirates, I mate. That would be right up your alley. I need to. But I love me a good book about a good swashbuckling pirate. Something about Peter Pan as a kid. I was more on Captain Hook's side than anybody else's. I have a huge, <laughs> huge pirate fan. Obviously not actual pirates who go around and pillage and murder and all that kind of stuff. That's not cool fam. But, like... The idea of just sailing the seas yeah, and sailing sea the shanties seven seas, and everything else. The sea shanties, the sirens, the mermaids, the rum, the discovering new lands, meeting the locals, that kind of shit. Sword fighting. Sword fighting, finding treasures with maps. That is the Kraken. I do love a good Kraken. Not, I would never want to actually meet one though. Like, I'm chill just looking from a distance. But. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, Mr. Kraken, you want to get the ship over there instead? Yeah, do you wanna do you wanna just like not, please? But like we we could be cool. Uh, but all that I, I freaking love. I think that's amazing. I'd rather avoid the scurvy if possible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Something about classic pirates just is very appealing to me. Um, and so the the idea of that being a possibility in this show, even though I know it's never gonna be what I have in my brain, because it's Senku and science. But um, I swear if they don't start the next season off with everybody in pirate outfits, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, I'm going to riot. I'm taking it to the streets. We ride at dawn. Duh. <laughs> I really like Nikki as well for a new character for this season. Mm-hmm. She is very, like, she's kind of an oxymoron for her own character. And I enjoy that greatly. Uh-huh. I love how butch she is. We love a good butch female. A good, strong, mm-hmm. powerful female who also has a very soft squishy side when it comes to her idol i think that's amazing oh yeah and the way that she beat the shit out of taiju too <laughs> yeah oh yeah and he's supposed to be the muscle of this show he's he's i mean he he is the muscle his constitution is extremely high and he's got like no pain he doesn't feel it like the way that he withstood that sonic blast that was a uh, kudos to him especially considering he's one of the ones with the big ears yeah and he had no earplugs in right 
Yo was also really funny because he's so dumb. Mm-hmm. He's so full of himself, but so dumb. Just if <laughs> getting confused with red color water. Yeah. It was it was brilliant. Oh, yeah. It was lovely. It is such a good show. I laughed so much oh, yeah. watching this. We got to see more Suica. Less Suica this season than last season, but we still love her. Of course, the great detective Suica. She is on par with Batman. Oh yeah. And uh, Gen is still consistently a huge part of the show, which I appreciate. I really like how he's he's a integral part to the intelligence behind everything and kind of gets ignored mm. every time. Oh yeah. And then Chrome just stepping out of his shell and stepping up his sciency brain. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This season. Breaking ropes with acid made via sweat. That dude worked his ass off. Also, where did he get all those things of water? Like, did he have to wake up a guard every time he wanted water? Probably. <laughs> like, I was I was intrigued by that, but also kudos to him. Mm-hmm. Also, to come up with that much sweat in one night. Mm-hmm. Kim Rowe is still with his rules are rules, which is good because that is a consistent meme here on the podcast that we love. Uh, yes. And also that's a very good saying for the medical rule breaking of rules are rules. Yeah, you totally threw out the window this time because they made science that has yet to exist. Uh Uh-huh. And then we got to introduce Tosukasa's little sister. Such a, such a lovely character yeah also getting to see sukasa's soft side yeah and to understand more about his character why he is the way that he is and um that moment where he was going through and explaining that he remembered where every single statue was that he crushed Mm -hmm. it really gave him more of a human side to his like before he was kind of he was a bit of a one-dimensional villain but this season Mm -hmm. absolutely gave him not just reasoning but it gave us understanding 100%. 100%. He was, I just felt like he was very underdeveloped. And then going into this, he, like, we just got to see so many more pages turn and just so much growth out of him. Yes. Because he has a human side. He has compassion. He has all of these other things that we just don't get to see until this point. Yeah, 100%. It was really, yeah, it was really cool to see him thinking from, to see the, where his thinking was coming from. And obviously we did get to see quite a lot of its backstory last season, but it was kind of like a half story. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, it was yeah, just, this was the finishing. It bit. was just one sided. Mm-hmm. Like you only got to see the hard side of him and the other part he kind of told. Yeah. But he told it as a story, not about himself, even though it was revealed this season that Sinku knew he was talking about himself and the shell story Yeah, for the sister was actually about him. Yeah. Also, such a badass little kid beating the shit out of grown men in MMA rings. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely, definitely made you feel compassion for the guy this season, 100%. Mm-hmm. Then we also got to meet the journalist uh, Minami, who is right now still- You got to see her a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's right now still pretty one-dimensional, but I feel like she could be a character in the future that could possibly become more of a- I would feel like she's going to be more of on the villain's side. I don't know if we still get to see her because she could just fade into the background, but I don't know. I mean, as much as she was stuck to Tsukasa's side, I could see her kind of going with Senku and them and becoming a little bit more of an integral part just because of the making up that Senku and Tsukasa did. 
Or maybe she's going to look after Tsukasa's sister. Yeah, I could also see her totally going on the flip side, though, and going with Hyoga because she seems very, like, power hungry. But that's not necessarily a mm. bad thing because she could obviously see that Senku is the person who is going to give her that and so she works with them. But I can also see her going on the flip side and, and becoming a, a pretty good villain as well. So it's going to be interesting. It was also very interesting to see that Homaru stays consistently on the villainous side, despite the fact that she seems almost friendly with Senku and the others by the end of this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave her cotton candy for crying out loud. And ramen. Yes, exactly. Also, the fact that they made freeze-dried ramen mm-hmm. this season, like, that was cool. That was some technology. Can we talk about the tank? I was, <laughs> uh, yeah, they made... So, first off... They made a steam engine in a matter of two weeks yes. from scratch. Yeah. Like, excuse me? Yeah. Then not only do they make a steam engine, but they do some paper mache bullshit and turn that steam engine into a fucking tank. Yep. But not only do they turn it into a fucking tank, but Tsukasa, somewhere in his brain, figured out that Senku would build a fucking <laughs> steam engine vehicle. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I do not... Like, it would have made more sense if Homura had went back and told them that he was making a tank, but no, Tsukasa was just like, uh, Senku could build a steam engine in the span of, like, six months, and I was like, excuse me, It honestly me, makes me like, wonder about Tsukasa's <laughs> IQ. I mean, it's obviously been shown that he's extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. But he's just fundamentally in the area of MMA, that's where he studied. And probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he's quite intelligent in medical science because of uh, Mirai, his his little sister. I feel like he would have done a lot of studying mm-hmm. on her, but only in the specific area of her case. So it might be quite like limited knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't, it didn't make sense. Like that immediately threw me for a yeah. loop watching it to where it's like, wait, wait, but what? Where do you, where do you get this idea? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have occurred to me in a million years that he would make a tank. Mm-hmm. Like, never until I saw it in the OP and I was like, they're building a fucking tank. I'm so hyped. Yeah, that was that was quite <laughs> interesting. Can we talk about the dynamite paper airplanes? Oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was glorious. Yep. Uh, just the fact that they then showed the Guinness World Book of Records best airplane. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. I was like, I might need to pause this and test this out. It was lovely, but also I just felt like everything was rushed, man. Yeah. It kind of, I don't know, like this was definitely a harder watch than season one for sure. Not that much harder, but it was... Yeah. I just didn't enjoy it as much. I still loved it. Like it was still a great laugh, but it was, it was definitely a harder watch. I feel like there are a couple of things that have kind of shifted the way that the show works that have made it... Not less appealing, but appealing in a different way that's left this kind of unsettling feeling in me. Number one, I feel like it lost kind of a lot of its charm purely because it's the second season. So the first season, it's mm-hmm. new. It's like something I've never seen before. I've never watched an anime that's so heavily based around science. It's got that like unique feeling to it. But obviously the second season can't have that same unique feeling because it's the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like they did break a couple of the fundamental rules that kind of shaped the show with the fact that their medical science became so unbelievable. Sukasa mm. being able to perform full MMA stunts, like no-handed cartwheels and shit, after he had been completely impaled with a spear where they stated that he had a destroyed lung. 
is so scientifically unbelievable that it kind of pulled me out of the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that he's like a superhuman character or whatever, and they were all petrified in the first place, so the science isn't consistent. But I just feel like they've been so good about making the science at least realistic up until that point that in this hypothetical, that this just doesn't make sense. So you want me to... I think I know how to word this in a very simple way. Mm -hmm. They showed the shonen side of it. Yeah. Because it's a shonen, mm -hmm. And so ultimately we saw more of that this season. Yeah. And I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain that because I love a good shonen. It's just that normally a shonen is a shonen on the label, you know? It's like, it's a shonen from day one, it's a shonen all the way through. Yeah, and this was definitely not a shonen for a, a good chunk of season one. Yeah. Like, it had its shonen elements, and that's fine, because it's a shonen. It should. However, it shouldn't, it shouldn't let all of that show and show so much in the second season and also they shouldn't have rushed everything that they did because i feel like this season could have been stretched out into two into like a full two core season mm -hmm. like the building of the steam engine should have at least taken three or four episodes yeah that's that's one thing as well is there was so much hype to this war and then they were talking about the fact that this war would only take 20 seconds because of the way that the brain works like you you for 20 seconds you like have your gut reaction your instinctual reaction and then after 20 seconds that's when your logic kind of kicks in um mm -hmm. which makes perfect sense they could have gone with that i believe the science sure but i feel like they should have taken a note out of like dragon ball or something and made that 20 seconds last a couple episodes uh yeah i can also agree with that but also i, I think they try to stay away from that version of shonen mm. just just purely for the sake of, I feel like that might have tainted the way the show felt a little bit. But even, But yeah. the whole interaction with Tsukasa and everything else should have been drug out more. Oh, yeah. Because they accomplished everything they needed to for that 20 seconds, but they could have drug out that whole scene with them, like, fighting and trying to scramble how to come up with a fucking liquid version of dynamite. Oh, yeah. And, and, um, oh, who was it that got, like, shot with a spear? Um, Ukyo? Oh, uh, Ukyo. Yeah, and they just yeah. left him on the floor. <laughs> bleeding did you see that i was like sitting there uh -huh. and i was just like and they're just all talking having a good old chin wag and i'm just watching it and i'm just like is anybody is not a single side character not a single rando person isn't just gonna like they, they didn't just animate them next to him just like checking on him they're just gonna let him bleed out on the floor it's chill so have you watched any of uh, dragon ball z abridged no so there's a running joke that in dragon ball they have a thing called a sensu bean that can immediately heal all wounds and ailments mm -hmm. but in the abridged version like anytime somebody gets the shit kicked out of them all you hear from the side of the screen is just sensu bean and then you see it just bounce off of the character that's unconscious and obviously can't eat it that's all i could see during that was just a bean just bouncing off of the dude yeah yeah honestly though <laughs> it's just like come on yeah, because he obviously also had either a punctured lung or a, a punctured stomach because he was he had he was bleeding in the mouth. So, but did it not go through his shoulder? But he was he was coughing up blood. So I thought it went through his shoulder as well. But if you're if you're coughing or puking up blood, then either your stomach or your lung has been injured. Well, I mean, it's internal bleeding in some shape, form, or fashion. So it probably just got into his stomach somehow. 
And then he just started coughing it up to get it yeah, out. Yeah, but it wouldn't have gone into his stomach if his stomach hadn't been injured. If it just went through his shoulder, it's only going to be in his shoulder. Maybe he bit his tongue. Okay, fair point. He could have bitten his I tongue. I feel like I would probably bite my tongue if I took a giant fucking spear through my shoulder. <laughs> Sukasa, who had been impaled in the lung, wasn't coughing up blood. But he was bleeding from the mouth. Was he? Right? I think so. I don't so. think he was. I thought he was. Maybe towards the end. Senku was. Senku also bit his tongue. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was interesting. It was weird. Science no makes sense. No. Medical science no makes sense. Science for show makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, science makes sense. Medical science is just dumb. Also, how long were they in that cave trying to fucking make liquid dynamite? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that as well. I was like... Like, they were just chilling there. And what all was going on outside? Like, you could have been playing the Jeopardy theme in the yeah. background while all that was going on. Yeah, because that was when, um, uh, what, like, Kohoku and that were, like, fighting off Sukasa Like, trying and to hold off Sukasa and Hyogen. It just was not working. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, it was good. It was a fun time. Also, <laughs> Kohaku grabs the end of Hyoga's spear, and he just asks for another one off camera. <laughs> like, he- it's like, here, you can have this one. I have more. And I'm like, excuse me, bitch? I just, that made me laugh so much, because I was just like, that's such a, like, <laughs> uh, it's okay. There's another one that I prepared earlier moment. It's like such a meta thing that I just... I want to read through that section of the manga just to see how it went. Yeah. Because I want to know if they changed anything. Because, my God, it was... I Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the second season in in relation to the first season. Because it's very, very different from the first season in just the way that they set up the story. But mm-hmm. in and of itself, I really enjoyed it. You know, if I don't, if I don't compare it to the first season... I think it's a really good chart. I think it's really funny. I think it's really good. Lots of action in it. You still learn a lot of science. But it, yeah, it just doesn't follow the same rules that were kind of established in the first season. I feel like I can give it an eight, mm-hmm. but I can't go any higher yeah. than an eight. You know what? I feel like that's pretty fair. Also, OP was a banger. Yes. ED was also good. I like the animation on the ED, mm-hmm. but the OP definitely followed suit of the first season, although it was not Burnout Syndrome that did the OP on this one. No. So that kind of made me sad. Yeah. But it still suited what we had for the first season as well, so it was it was lovely. Didn't Burnout Syndrome do another anime that we watched recently, their OP? Haikyuu. Like a good chunk of Haikyuu's OPs. I was like, <laughs> I know them. I know them. <laughs> They're a great band. Like, I've downloaded their albums on Apple Music and I've been listening mm-hmm. to them like that. Like, they're good. I like their stuff. I just like J-pop music in general. Yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. Although everybody at work looks at me weird because I have it jamming through the speaker in the warehouse. They're like, do you even understand this? And I'm like, some of it. Some of it. Bits and pieces. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought the show was overall, it was it was good. I agree with the eight. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, I still really enjoyed it. Dr. Stone still is like special to me because it's something about it is just really appealing. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you like the first season, you'll like the second season. If you like Shonen, you'll like both seasons. I just, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed because I'm not disappointed. I'm just not impressed, you know? Yeah, there was there was so much more that this war could have been, and yet we didn't get it. Yeah, and we were so hyped after the end of the first season. Yeah, and they built it up like it was going to be some grand war, and it wasn't. No. Which, it doesn't suit the show, but I still... I feel like this is just a matter of expectations. Like, I feel like we set our expectations so high that it let us down. Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like that's fair. But at the same time, there's been a lot of other stuff that has lived up to all of the hype to where I don't feel like we were unjustified with that. No, because you look at it compared to like Haikyuu or ReZero or Demon Slayer, where the sequels are on par or better than the first season. Mm-hmm. And this was, it wasn't, uh, it was subpar, but it was subpar by such a fractional amount that it's not like enough to be mad at. But in comparison to shows that have been so brilliant, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 100%. So I I sincerely hope that they can redeem themselves with the third season. Because where they're going, I am definitely intrigued. Oh, so shall we talk about my theory I have for the yes. third season? Yeah, 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 I want to know. So since you said there's no overarching villain going forward, well, obviously in the first season... Byakuya and them started on an island in South America near where the petrification happened. Yes. So, those people that were there, they obviously built a ship and migrated to Japan in Nishigami Village. Mm-hmm. Some people had to stay behind. There was the one couple that went off to go get help that never returned. Mm-hmm. So, well, not only that, but they were petrified for 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. There is no fucking way... That the only people that survived was that small village. Mm-hmm. So, there has to be a whole civilization in South America. And I guarantee you, that's where a lot of the next bad people are going to come from. And in typical shonen fashion, Hyoga and Homer are probably going to turn on Senku and them, but then they're going to join forces to fight the big bad that is in South America. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where season three goes. I hope they build upon and grow and kind of learn from their mistakes, because again, I'm not a fan of Rush storytelling. Yeah, agreed. I am kind of, I guess it's the slice of life lover in both of us, that we're pretty chill with a slow-paced story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because Slice of Life is the ship. Why do you think I rewatch your line April every single year? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just one of those things of, I love a slow build and slow storytelling, but also in a show that is based around science, science does not happen overnight. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they, A, prepare to go across to, I think, Brazil. Either way, South America. And uh, and then, B, how they actually traverse. I want to know how that ship ride is going to go. Yeah. I want to know what's going to happen once they get there, what new characters are going to be introduced. And also, how... Because society has 100% crumbled. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to find the source of the petrification everything has crumbled it is really a stone world so what are they hoping to find in a non-shonen world based around science yes and are they going to take sukasa's frozen corpse with them no because i think they are leaving that behind so he can stay cool yeah also cryogenic freezing isn't something that we really have the ability to do right now that we know of what about the conspiracy of, you know, Disney and how they made Frozen to cover up everybody trying to find out about Walt Disney being frozen in the basement of Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> that is a conspiracy. It is a real conspiracy, but good luck finding it, because all you're going to find out from Walt Disney Frozen is letting it go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing what else Dr. Stone has coming up in the future agreed but yeah i feel like i feel like an eight's only right because i feel like a seven would be a d 
disservice for how much I enjoyed it, but also I definitely can't go any higher because I was decently disappointed with it. Yeah, I'm thinking like seven and a half, eight, two. Uh, yeah, I just, I think it was fine. Yeah. But it's more than fine. It was good. It was definitely good. It was great, but it was not phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, it was great for what it was, and it was def- it was a true second season to a phenomenal show. Yeah. And it doesn't make me hate the series any like anymore. It doesn't make me dislike any characters. It doesn't make me not want to cosplay anybody. It doesn't make me, you know, want to... Like, it doesn't make me feel any type of way. I've, I'm still kind mm-hmm. of just feeling the way that I was feeling before now. But I'm not more hyped, and I'm not more down. I'm just, like, plateaued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely more like a not like true burnout feeling but it's definitely somewhere along those lines yeah i don't think i'm like as hyped to watch the second season uh, the third season as i was to watch this season just because of the typical trend of things i'm more hyped for the third season just because of how the second season went because i think there's so much more they can do and as long as they take their time with it and flesh it out into a two core season i think it could be fine yeah but if they go the shonen route of rushing everything then i don't I don't know how I'm going to feel. If there is pirates, I am so down. But if they don't improve over how the season went, I could see myself dropping season three from watching it week to week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because I, just because of how the second season went, if it doesn't improve, then I think that would be the ultimate test as whether or not I drop it. Because I dropped The Promised Neverland. I don't know if I talked about that on the podcast but i did drop it so i'm curious i mean for one i'm curious to finish the promised neverland here in a couple weeks whenever we cover it but also i'm curious to see if i'm going to be doing the same with dr stone whenever it comes out yeah i got to up and including episode six this season before i stopped watching it i will say 50 percent of that it's just the fact that i cannot watch things week to week and a lot of it was that i've been very busy as well but um, mm-hmm. I feel like if it was the first season, I would have been a lot more inclined to watch it week to week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was still fine. I don't know. <laughs> it was still great. I enjoyed it. Like, it's not as bad as we're making it out to be. We're just kind of taking out our disappointments on it. Because that, after how the first season went, it's like the disappointments stand out more than the actual show itself. Yeah. Although, it was, it was still a great time, man. It was still a really like, good time. I enjoyed it. I 100% recommend it. To anybody, I think it's such oh, yeah. a good show. There was a little bit more gore in this season, though, so I will I mm-hmm. will say that there is more gore. Um, so be prepared for that if you have a really young audience watching it, because I feel like we recommended the first season to everybody, despite the fact that the science is a little bit hard to maintain if you are super young. But yeah, there is a little bit more gore in this, so perhaps like PG-13. Yeah, I was going to say, season one, PG. Season two, PG-13. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for season three. I'm excited to see them in South America. I'm excited to see them traverse. I'm not going to be excited about the fact that Sukras is probably not going to be in it season three. Mm-hmm. Um, because I love him. He's such a good character. <gasps> I know what we need. What? The whole ship trip over can be a film. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that just went through my brain of, I would love that because see shenanigans just for an entire film. Like, I don't even give a shit if it's canon or not. Just let it, just let it happen. Yeah, I'm down for a see shenanigan film. Just, just give it to us, please. If you're listening. Yes. You're not. But if you are, give it to us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I feel like I've said my piece. I feel like I have too. So wrap the bitch up. Let's wrap this bitch up. So... 
If you enjoy the absolutely lovely voice that has accompanied me, you can find Blue on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. She does not stream now, but if she ever decides to go back to it, you can find her there. She's also on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM, to where if you like art updates, life updates, bean updates, stuff like that, you can find her on there. And speaking of bean updates, her dog Tilly also has a Instagram at the best Tilly Bean, which I think you just updated in the past day or two, right? I, I got that notification. Today. Yeah. Yeah. I need to look at that because yeah. I could use more adorable bean photos. Yeah, we got new pillows when we went to IKEA and she very much tested them out. And that very cute pic is on the Instagram. Oh, I need to go look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you like Brad, who is the voice that is there, that dude who has the deep one and the the southern accent (laughs) how dare you make fun of me (laughs) (laughs) that one uh you can find him on twitch he streams pretty dang regularly now at brad carter gaming he's also on the socials at brad carter gaming as well we also have social media for the podcast at bnb anime we're also on youtube under the same handle where we post all of our podcast episodes so you can go check those out i also have some fun videos come in that i've been talking about for a while now and have yet to post because i'm slow so sorry but they will come i promise (laughs) And we also have a website, www.bnbanime.com, where we have all of our previously archived episodes with links to your favorite listening platforms. You can download our podcast on whatever you want. Yeah, we also have a comment section there, so you can drop off all your comments on um, questions that we ask throughout the podcast. You can also do that down in the comment section of the YouTube channel as well, or hit us up in those DMs on Twitter or Instagram. Also, on the website, we have some information about both Brad and I, some behind-the-scenes stuff, some friends of the show, some pictures of our artwork, and a bunch more other cool stuff, so go check that out as well. Brad and I are both also on IMDB, so if you're curious about our voice acting stuff, you can check us out there under, what are you, your... Brad Guerin. Brad Guerin on IMDB? Brad and then G-E-R-E-N for the Mm -hmm. last name. And I am Blue Lavender on there as well. Blue L-A-V-A-N-D-E-R and on uh, on IMDb, so you can both you can check us both out there and, and check out our voice acting credits if you're interested. Yeah. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, my personal most anticipated thing that we've covered on this podcast for a long time, ReZero season two part two. I have so much to talk about next week because I decided to cave and buy the light novels. So I could have a little bit more text as to what was going on because I had so many questions with the second season ending because I felt like things weren't truly explained that well. And really that started with the end of the first core. Mm -hmm. So I've had some things kind of re-explained that aren't necessarily spoilers, but they kind of give a little bit more context. Mm -hmm. So I am so excited to sit down and just talk about everything because i have been so pumped i am so excited in my opinion re-zero is the greatest isekai anime of all time and it just continues to prove that to me with the second season ending so i cannot wait Mm -hmm. for next week but until then we'll catch y'all next time Bye bye bye